0: Yo, what's up, guys? We are officially on the road. This trip is happening. We are on the Pacific Coast. Caleb and Caitlin have begun their journey biking and running the entire length of the Pacific Coast. Uh, we've been out here for, gosh, 12 or 13 days now. Um, we hit the, It took us like 10 days to get out here. We hit the Canadian border about three or four days ago um, and started making our way south and so that's what we got for you today. It's a podcast that we recorded in Seattle. Uh, We made it down to Seattle from the Canadian border but first we want to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by our friends at Spiritual Adrenaline, Mr. Tom Shanahan. He is the author of Spiritual Adrenaline, a Lifestyle Plan to Nourish and Strengthen Your Recovery. Uh, it's a fantastic program focused around fitness and nutrition. Regardless of your pathway to recovery, it is a book that I would highly suggest picking up. Um, it's available everywhere. I think you can grab it on Amazon for like around 10 bucks right now. It's like on sale or something. So definitely worth picking up a copy. I'd highly suggest it. Tom's an awesome guy. The Spiritual Adrenaline Program is a fantastic program. They have an entire network online. Check them out. Their social media, uh, Facebook, Spiritual Adrenaline, and also Instagram. Tom posts all kinds of cool blogs and information and stuff like that. So check them out. We want to give them some love. We want to thank him for... Supporting us along this journey. Um, it's been a ton of fun to work with him so far. So check out the book. Um, this podcast for you, that we have for you today was an awesome, awesome experience, right? We were driving along on our way out to the Pacific Coast and Kaylin was doing some some researching on places that we wanted to reach out to and touch base with regarding uh, podcasting and she happened to come across the Recovery Cafe, and that set something off in my head because I had heard Killian No, who was the founding director of the Recovery Cafe, I heard her speak at the Addiction Professionals of North Carolina Fall Conference last October. So they were kind of like already on my radar. And so when Caitlin said, hey, what about the Recovery Cafe? I like hit them up, hit them up. And she shot him an email and they got back to us right away and really like opened their doors and invited us in to um, do this podcast. Unfortunately, Killian couldn't make it. However, we were able to sit down and talk to an awesome cat, Mr. David Yule. He's the director of the Recovery Cafe Network. So he's kind of like a liaison to other branches of recovery cafes that are opening up across the country. So if like anybody's interested in opening up a program similar to this, you contact David and he kind of like works alongside with you in opening it. But he was an awesome dude. We had a wonderful experience there. Um, Got a pretty awesome tour of the facility. He really laid out like what they do there and what happens, We had a blast. Um, It was a surreal experience just being in a a big city, thousands of miles away from home um, and talking to people about recovery. It's like it's what we set out to do when we started this program, you know, 15, 16 months ago. Here we are. So we had a blast. I hope you guys enjoy the program. Give some love to Mr. David Yule. (laughs)
1: I'm just an individual, living a miracle, standing
2: divisible, connected to God and my physical, essence of my spiritual presence is visible, totally leaving you unaware of my mental subliminal, used to be a criminal, living so minimal,
3: with things have changed in my life, is going through different intervals, finding that balance is significantly
2: difficult, timing is everything, so my timing is critical, rhyming is literal, the unforgettable, it's why you stand before you, impeccably so presentable, I give respect to you, know that I am
1: respectable, I've always wanted acceptance that acceptable I give the rival expected to be
3: exceptional and I'm a grown man handle business like a professional I give me credible legal conventional they you stopping me from chasing my dreams is a profound
0: the opinions expressed in this podcast are the views of the NCR team and the individuals interviewed. We do not consider ourselves to be mental health professionals. Our mission is to explore the various pathways to recovery and to give a voice to those affected by or involved in the care of substance use disorders. Some content may be mature for younger audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Ready, set, go. David Yule.
3: Yeah, glad to be here.
0: Recovery Cafe, Seattle.
3: Welcome to Seattle.
0: Yeah, dude. This is literally, we literally literally just drove in. Like 15 minutes ago, we were driving across that bridge.
2: Hot off the asphalt. Mm.
0: Hot off the asphalt. They were pedaling on their (laughs) bikes. 30 minutes ago. 30 minutes ago.
1: (laughs) We were supposed to meet somewhere in... North... uh, shoreline shoreline we're supposed to meet in shoreline
0: so i'm driving the truck with mm-hmm. the camper behind it they're pedaling on their bicycles mm-hmm. <laughs> two every,
1: dogs in the, in the cab mm-hmm. with mm-hmm.
0: every 25 miles or so i meet up with them and make give them some water and stuff like that and i'm sitting in shoreline waiting for him to get here and he calls me and he's like hey man we're not gonna make it i need you i need you to come back and get me so i turned around and made it
1: halfway back to everett almost
0: i don't know how yeah. the
2: traffic yeah. though i wow. mean it's Totally different from what we're uh, used to. Especially. And another
1: thing, like me and Caitlin, we always look, uh, our, our pathway to recovery is faith based. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, so we're looking to pray with people and stuff along the way. So we stopped and and uh, yeah. got to pray with a guy named Jesse, lift him up, buy him some coffee. Yeah, talk to him for a minute. So yeah, that was another reason it was taking us a
2: little yeah, bit longer.
0: Yeah, we made a detour.
2: <laughs> 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 but. God told
0: us to. we're coming across the bridge they're hanging out the window taking pictures of downtown (laughs) and the the space needle and stuff
1: real tourist stuff man (laughs) yeah that's right of course
0: so before we get started man we just want to give some love to our official sponsor of this pacific coast recovery tour recovery tour Mm -hmm. spiritual adrenaline and mr tom shanahan
2: shout out thank you tom Tom. go
0: check out
1: go check out tom's book Uh, you can find it spiritual adrenaline uh, a lifestyle plan to nourish and strengthen your recovery. On good Amazon. job, good job. You got yeah, it. Barnes
2: and Noble. And Barnes it's and Noble. Also in yes, a
1: great recovery tool. Uh, it's just connecting everybody in the active sober movement. So go check that out as well.
2: You can also follow them on Instagram and Facebook.
1: Beautiful. So David, man, we we pulled in.
0: Like the first like craziness that happened was like, where are we gonna park? We got this twelve foot camper. But pulling behind the truck, we like circled around a couple times, and luckily we were able to get you on the phone. And you're like, dude, we got parking right across the street, uh, man. Uh, so
3: it's lucky you're coming this week. Next week we're uh, closing down the parking lot. Are you? Yeah, we, uh, with purchasing or opening up a second location in Seattle, we sold the parking lot to be able to open that second location. Okay. So wow. it's no longer ours next week.
0: Cool. So beautiful, we didn't have time to really look around out there, but just like my first impressions is like this place has it going on. So like, yeah. I guess what, what is the recovery cafe?
3: Yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll start with the, at the beginning, we had three amazing women, uh, back in 2004, really come together and say, how do we respond to what we're seeing in our community? And they met with everyone from faith communities to nonprofits, Uh, government officials and what they heard was while we always could use more homeless services or use more housing providers or have more treatment where the gap is is that when someone gets out of treatment or someone says I don't want to use anymore where do they go and so these three amazing women came together and said let's open a place where someone can be in community with others. To understand what they're going through. And so Recovery Cafe was born with that idea in mind and uh, began in a small room, probably maybe a little bit bigger than this, a little storefront, and then uh, has grown from there. We moved into this location in 2009. And uh, when you come in the doors the first time when we're, we're open for services, Tuesday through Saturday, uh, w- the hope is that we're greeting everyone with what we call radical hospitality. Well, you did you did that with us yeah did. and the but the idea is that <clears throat> when you've had so many doors closing your face what we don't want to be is that place that also shuts the door on your face and so when you come in we're like hey welcome to recovery cafe we're so glad you're here um, come check us out for the day see if this is a community you want to be a part of and then if you want to come back a second time we ask that you become a member um, so we're not a drop-in center we're not um, a place you can kind of just come in when you want it's more of you're committing to being mm-hmm. um, a part of this recovery community and so being a member there are three things that we ask every member to do the first is every time you come in you're 24 hours drug and alcohol free and what that means is you know we all have slips and so we don't want to say the door shut if you have that experience um, but that we want to keep this as a safe space for people that are working on their right. recovery. Yeah. And then um, the second is that we have uh, small weekly accountabilities that we call recovery circles, and that's a peer-led, peer-facilitated, where people are just coming checking about checking in about what's been going well, what's been a struggle, what's on the horizon. Um, so it can be things related directly to their recovery, or it can be things that, affect their recovery so if someone's worried about housing you know that's what they can check in and about if it's something around getting an ID or that you know it's coming up on uh, their parents birthday and the parent passed away and that's a real hard moment that circle becomes the ability for people to be uh, real with each other and in community with one another and so everyone in that recovery circle shares Uh, each week it's the same people week in and week out so you start building new friendships with people who understand who you are and what you're going through and then the the third thing we ask every person to do to be a member is to contribute to the life of the community so helping out in the kitchen taking out the trash cleaning the bathrooms as well as welcoming people that are new to the cafe or just sitting with someone who's having a hard day or providing directions if they're like i don't know how to get to this place so the idea is that we all have gifts to contribute that we all have uh gifts that we may have forgotten about or be rediscovering or discovering for the first time so we're all in this together we're a community
2: well you know you mentioned that radical hospitality and that was one of the things that i noticed when i first come in even though you know nobody's here right now it's closed like just walking in the door and seeing the words forgiveness Uh, uh written on the wall and grace Uh and soul you know just those words are really uplifting you know what i mean and there's so much power in words and just the the atmosphere you know that's one thing that we believe in is uh being like when we walk into a room we should be able to change the atmosphere we should be sending that positivity onto other people. So I love it. I think this is incredible what you guys are doing here.
0: And I think what's a, a beautiful thing is that you know, this concept, this idea, dates back to 2003.
3: You said, right? Yeah, we we they came together in '03 and then opened the doors in '04.
0: And that's a pretty radical concept, you know, dating back that long. Yeah. Like there wasn't you know, yeah. on the forefront in comparison to like what. What's taking place in other communities? Seeing the value in creating that type of community, that type of human connection, that yeah. type of um, service work, and that sort mm, of thing—like mm-hmm. the value in the process of recovery that that plays, right—and then executing it. So, what type of what what type of clients? Like, who who's typically hanging out around here?
3: Yeah, that's a great question. We um, we really try and be a place where anyone can come and work on their recovery uh, be it uh, substance use or mental health and so a lot of our crew that come through our doors they're uh, most likely at one point in their lives have experienced homelessness um, they may still be homeless struggling with homelessness and then um, a good majority identifies being in recovery from a substance use and or uh, mental health or, or both and so um, our crew tends to be um, struggling a little bit more than maybe some of us who have been blessed with some resources and some strong family connections yeah. and so we're we're often uh, a person's uh, foundation and, and able to provide that stability after maybe some some hard moments in their life
0: is the is the concept strictly that kind of peer-to-peer community and human connection or do you guys also do things like connecting them with resources that are outside of yeah, the fair. scope of what you guys do like transportation mm-hmm. or you mentioned housing mm-hmm. food assistance things like that like outside of your daily business hours are y'all yeah.
3: We are, we're trying to be that that <laughs> community of support and not trying to be all things to all people yeah. but do well what we do and so we really and uh, we really strive to have strong community partnerships with other organizations so that if someone who is working on the recovery says, you know what? I really need housing. You know we connect them with a housing provider, or if they say, "I want to go back to school," or "I want to be uh, get a job," we connect them with with organizations that can do job training or help a person go back to school. Um, and we're that kind of that that place, that middle point,
0: like liaison of the yeah.
3: process. And, and as people go out and do those things. Um, and really rock it, they always can come back and have us be their touch point, their foundation <laughs> while they're doing those things.
2: Yeah. I'm just so blown away. You know, when you hear cafe, this, what everything that you're talking about is not something that you would think of, you know. But when you walk out in, you networking, yeah. you know, helping people, like truly being like that bridge mm. and the gap, it's so incredible. Um, I know what I called in, what I was trying to call mm-hmm. you. Um, one of the things that I heard was, like, if you're not going to be able to make your class, press mm-hmm. this button. If you're mm-hmm. not going to be able to uh, make this meeting, press mm-hmm. this button. Then it just shows, like, how you have that stability. Like, there are rules and regulations still that you have to follow. And I've seen, like, what is this? I- I'm hopefully not trying to jump ahead too quick, <laughs> but the school. Like, I've seen on uh, the signs. Like,
3: <coughs> yeah, if you, they, you do those, like I mentioned, if you do those three things, you're 24 hours drug and alcohol free, you attend your recovery circle and you're contributing to the community, you then gain access to all these amazing things that go on in the cafe. We like to think of it as imagine you have like a, a brick wall and you have some crumbling bricks, right? You're not going to allow that brick wall to just kind of de- continue to deteriorate. You're going to want to remove those crumbling bricks and put in those those new bricks that keep the sure. wall strong. And so that's really what the activities in the school – we try and do is, as people are, are saying, I want a new life for myself, I wanna really thrive with the life that I've been given, it's removing those old bricks, those crumbling bricks that might be associated with, with using or with, with strained family relationships or, or friendships lost and putting in new bricks that are positive activities that deepen the person's commitment to their recovery. Right. So in the school, we're, we're focused on everything from you know, the, those basic things around recovery like relapse prevention, anger management, building healthy relationships, to things around arts and physical activities like yoga, walking, running, um, includes uh, spirituality classes and, and various faith traditions or no faith traditions. And then it also includes um, positive activities around, you know, celebrating people's birthdays, both uh, sober birthdays and belly button birthdays, and um, just having opportunities for people to know that life can, life goes on, life can be fun. That, that you're using isn't, lot. you can have fun after you sign that recovery is the, the way you wanna go.
2: Right, birthdays? What does that entail? No. That's that's a hard thing to
0: do, man. That's a hard thing to do, to get back right. in the swing of things. Like, um, we were having a conversation in the addict to athlete group that we sat in on. And Rob Archuleta was like, the topic of the conversation was like leisure and what do you like to do to have fun. Right. right? And many people, including people at this table, struggled <laughs> to... <laughs> give some solid examples of what they like to do to have fun besides laying in bed and watching netflix (laughs) you know
3: i mean that's always a good one yeah yeah absolutely
0: (laughs) absolutely um and even myself like i i was i raised my hand i said I something i struggled with for like two or three years in the very beginning it was like uh, isolation and like Mm -hmm. diving into uh, meditating and reading and like not like getting Mm -hmm. like I I like I like watered down what fun was right I like I was like okay this is now I'm a new person so I'm just gonna sit at home and read all day and meditate and watch documentaries on YouTube and because I'm fascinated with learning and that's how that's what I'm gonna Air quotes define as fun, <laughs> when it's really like, just bullshit in my head. Like it's the story that I'm telling myself today.
1: Blame. You know, lock yourself in a room and watch uh, marathons of Dateline <laughs> 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 on the ID channel. Yeah,
0: you know, and it it's took like three years way. to step yeah. out of that and be like, hold on, bro. Like now you're now you're doing a destructive behavior. In recovery, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and not like putting yourself out there and like so socializing and like truly having fun, rediscovering
2: yourself. Rediscovering yourself. Yeah. Yeah.
1: One thing you said, David was uh, being drug and alcohol free for twenty four hours, attending your uh, recovery groups, Mm -hmm. and contributing to the community. Mm -hmm. What does that last thing entail? What 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 defines contributing (coughs) to the community?
3: Yeah. So before each meal that we serve, we have a a volunteer board where, during announcements, we say, "Hey, who wants to help take out the trash?" And then we we write their names down and we celebrate that with uh, with applause, saying, "Hey, thanks for stepping up and helping out with the community." Uh, so those are really some tangible things, you know, taking out the trash, helping out in the kitchen, making sure the coffee's refilled when it goes empty. Um, and then there's the intangible things like, you know, if someone comes in the door and they're not quite sure what's going on or they they sit at a table and they're you know kind of looking like is this the right place for me um you know being present to that person going over introducing yourself and just saying hey welcome to our community Ho- hopefully this is a place that you can see yourself being a part of mm-hmm. so really tangible things and then intangible things that are just contributing to this culture of of love and and hope I know a lot of times in the
1: recovery community, especially back where we're from, is there's a lot of competitiveness. I think sometimes, <laughs> you know what okay. I mean. Like I see that uh, you guys just give give what you have away. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's recovery cafes popping up all over the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, you was talking about also um, like meshing faith community and no faith community. Mm-hmm. Like, how does that how does that work in here? Like, do you? I mean, mm-hmm. does everybody get along?
3: Everybody, you know. We. It, that's a great question we uh, people know that this is a safe space and and I say that because they know that this this might be their only safe space in their lives and so this is not something that they want to um, destroy or threaten or anything and so we, we really through the way the, the, the staff acts but also just the way the members interact really reinforce that this is a, a safe space um, but when it comes to the faith traditions or no faith traditions, you know, really what we encourage are, are people to try things on. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, if you're interested in going to a meditation class, you know, try it. And if it doesn't work, instead of saying, well, you failed at that, just say, hey, that's something I learned about myself, that this isn't the thing that works for me. And then we kind of look at the either the other classes or the other activities and say, hey, which, which one of these interests you? so that person can find uh, activities that, either one activity or multiple activities that really help them to, to thrive and to discover their best self.
2: It's beautiful. Well, when you walk in and come down the hall and you see uh, posters of uh, Martin Luther King, you know, who was a Christian, and Muhammad Ali, and then...
1: Uh, who else know, is up there? Um, we have Gandhi up Gandhi, there. Gandhi,
2: yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, you have all these different yeah. I mean, you can tell, and that's what we're about, is recovery always, you know? It doesn't matter what pathway you choose to pick one yeah. and let us live <clears> on you.
0: <laughs> and it's, I think that's what we try to strive to, mm-hmm. to do here, like, through this show, is, like, talk to different walks of life, talk to different people's stories, different belief systems. Like, we ha- collectively work together um, following different pathways to recovery, mm-hmm. different fellowships, different belief systems, mm-hmm. all of those types of things, um, and so we try to, like, really, like, demonstrate that on a, on a significant level that, like, we can co cohabitate together and still, like, respect and love each other for, for who we are. Right. And here we are, like, 18 months later, traveling the country, talking to kick-ass dudes like <laughs> you, right? Um, how many, on average, how many members do you, does this yeah. location have?
3: Yeah, yeah uh, we, we have about 300 unique individuals a month. Dude. Yeah. That is so yeah. Awesome. <laughs> <Isn't it? laughs>
2: what? 300. Uh, yeah.
3: So and you're I love having a new unique place. place. Yeah. yeah. The, <laughs> so the you know, recovery circles, you know, there are about, you know, 8 to 10 people. So to, we have about 40 recovery circles a week for for those 300 individuals. You, you have know? to just to keep up yeah, with just those numbers. Keep up. and then, you know, those aren't we don't have enough staff to be able to to do those ourselves and so we have you know members who have been with us a while we've raised them up to be able to facilitate those circles and then we have just people that have been either affected by by uh, addiction either as a family member or are in long-term recovery themselves and who want to also help out And so they facilitate recovery circles and then we just yeah and then the staff does the rest so yeah we're our goals you know have as many of our members be able to facilitate those circles really provide uh, an example for those who might you know be two days into the cafe they can look and see oh this person has two years and now look what they're 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 raising others up so that's that's really our goal is to have this be as small of a staff as possible uh, and really raise up the members to 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 really take ownership of this place and see it as their their home or their yeah. or their second home
0: It really sounds like a peer peer center mm-hmm. almost like back home we have like peer support specialists is mm-hmm. that something that
3: yeah so we 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 uh here we call them recovery coaches okay. We yeah, use so. the, the the c-car recovery mm-hmm. coaching model mm-hmm. to, to anyone who wants to facilitate a recovery circle we have them go through that training Beautiful. and then we continue to support them so they can get better and then if they they have a difficult situation they can check in with staff and and know you know that they got that we got their back as well.
0: How many other locations are there?
3: Uh, so there's uh, we're opening an additional one up here in Seattle, and that will be coming up online about the end of the year. And then in my role, I'm working with uh, by the end of July, we'll be I'll be working with 20 groups that start that are either have opened their doors or are in the process of opening their doors across the country. Across 20 the groups. country, yeah. Wow, um, that's, that's awesome. A- yeah
0: how did you find yourself in this position
3: That's what I was yeah I you know I got super lucky I uh, I was living in I'm originally from around here but I was living in Washington DC and my uh, my older siblings started to have kids so I was like I kind of want to be a little closer to them so I just they had a fundraising job opening so I did that for four years and then when they're saying hey we need someone to walk alongside these groups that want to start recovery cafes in their communities I said that sounds like what I want to be doing so I've been doing that for three years now and and uh, every every day I'm finding new new depths of commitment Um, and what I mean by that is uh, you know I don't identify personally as a person in recovery from from substance use but Family, family involvement all the way. to Have some had hard childhood moments, and so this is my way of giving back and and helping people um, to be their best selves.
1: Uh, That's pretty kick-ass.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: that's freaking amazing.
1: (laughs) How long is the uh, school for recovery? Is there like so many classes you gotta attend? Do you get a certificate? Like, how does that work? Yeah.
3: um, So it's different from cafe to cafe, but here in Seattle. Uh, we do them classes run about 8 to 10 weeks and some are drop-in where um, they just kind of run year-round and then there's some that are um, more like a a typical class where they build from week to week and at the end um, you know if you complete it we celebrate it encourage you to go to another one and then about once a year we do um, a school for recovery celebration for people that have completed classes in the school
1: it's kinda like uh the SAT back where we're from. Mm-hmm. There's forty five classes. yeah, that's cool, man.
0: So outside of like the classes, those forty classes a week that are mm-hmm. offered, like what other types of things take place? Like us like food services and th- yeah. like what else is going on around here?
3: Yeah, so the we do uh two meals a day, lunch and, and dinner on uh, the five days that we're open and then um <coughs> Uh, from 1:30 to 2:30 we do uh what we call latte hour. So we work a real cafe in that respect that we actually do have a, a latte machine. We couldn't I don't think in Seattle we could call ourselves a cafe without <laughs> one. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> and uh, so people are able to order uh, a latte um the way that they want it and we have a joke here that nothing says Seattle Seattle love more than being able to order a latte the way you want to. Um, so we really find that to be an empowering experience. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but then our members, you know, they can get trained to be able to do that. So they mm-hmm. uh, they learn how to r- run, make lattes, and all that good stuff, and then some of them, you know, get jobs in the community. So that's that's pretty exciting. Uh, we have walking club and running club. Um, and what that is is that physical wellness piece that's mm-hmm. a big part of recovery. and. Some people start, and walking walk is a great goal, and then for others, they, running is a little bit more of a challenge for them, and so we, uh, we do runs twice a week, and then also for those who are ready, they can sign up for 5Ks, 10Ks, uh, and even half marathons.
2: Man, Do, y'all, awesome.
3: do y'all pay for their entry fees? Uh, we, we get some, some donors to help yeah. us out with that. That's yeah? Awesome. Some, yeah,
2: That is so cool. That is. <laughs>
0: And so the lunch the lunch and the lunch food services, mm-hmm. that's all prepared by members? Like that's a service role that
3: yeah, we can have, sign Yeah, we have a staff person who oversees our kitchen um, who has some, some restaurant experience. And then uh, because our 90% of our food is donated, and so sometimes you're getting 50, 100 pounds of potatoes, and you're like, shoot, what am I going to do with that? So mm-hmm. we, we have someone who kind of, helps us get creative, but yeah, then the uh, members can volunteer to work in the kitchen, and we have some members who might be um, say, you know what, I wanna see if I can develop some of my skills and potentially uh, get a job doing this, and so some members can commit to being a little bit more involved, and uh, we actually have a great partnership down the street. There's a job training, culinary job training called Fair Start. It's where they can start out in our kitchen, and then when they have their confidence, we can ship, we can send them over there, and uh, they can really take off from there. Yeah.
2: So it sounds like you guys get a lot of uh, support from around the community, from other places, other...
3: Yeah, we've to be. we tried to be really intentional about getting the community buy-in. Um, I mean, there's so many, uh, there can be so much nimbyism around the country, you know, that there's the real, the stigmas around recovery. Yeah. You know, they just think they're going to attract, you know, people that are still actively using or attract drug dealers. And so we're, we're trying to, you know, break that stigma and say, hey, this is a place that adds value to the community. And so we reach out to the community and get their buy-in, say, hey, we're, we're your neighbors, we're your friends, um, Let's let's do this together what
1: kind of pitch do you make to them like in particular like how can you take it a step further and
3: actually Yeah, you know (laughs) I I I've been coaching a couple of these different cafes for a while now and um, some it's you know it's appealing to saying hey you know a lot of people who you know probably are in recovery and you just don't know it Um, Mm -hmm. but when it comes to like the business community sometimes we talk about you know we're you're frustrated with people are struggling with homelessness we're frustrated with people struggling with homelessness let's uh, let's do something together let's address this problem together we're we're a solution that's providing stability and a foundation of support for a person to be able to you know get housing or get job training or, or whatnot and so the business community says "Oh, right, we we have a role to play too this is something that we can <laughs> put our and you know some some are more excited than others to hear that <laughs> message. Right. Yeah. Um, and then we we also with faith communities, you know, our our founding director Killian is uh, a person of very deep faith, and so she she can speak to faith communities and uh, and just say, you know, this is something that if you are a person of faith, you know, every faith tradition, being Christianity or Islam or Judaism, you know, talks about service as a way of life and, and supporting your neighbors. And so we talk with faith communities and invite either them as a community or individuals of, of those faith communities to, to either volunteer or to, to donate or to advocate, um, to put their weight down in some way or another with, with, with their neighbors. I work at a, at a shelter back, uh,
1: back home and everything and it's a faith-based uh, facility and uh, church church groups come in and cook meals for the residents mm-hmm. so what do what do they do as far as volunteer work here when they come in how can they volunteer
3: here yeah the one of the things that we really try and, and do is break down this idea of a service provider and service receiver um, a lot of a lot of individuals and myself included you know when I want to volunteer somewhere often I'm like okay how can I serve how can I you know if I'm if I'm serving a meal where's the the ladle where I can scoop onto someone's plate um, and so one of the first things we always try and do with volunteers is to have them just come and be present to the community to be in conversations um, there and so the so the cafe volunteers they're they often have said, "What? what is Don't I get a name tag or something that <laughs> distinguishes me from from them?" And we're like, "Who's who's, who's, who's that?" <laughs> right. So that yeah, I love it. Yeah. So we're we're trying to break down those stigmas, and and um, <laughs> it's a journey. I'll say that, uh, including for myself, I'm learning something new every day. But um, the idea is that we're all in this together, and so volunteers are coming. And then they, can, you know, they can volunteer for the, the volunteer board just like anyone else. Um, and a lot of them, that's really how they, they get their foot in the door and keep coming back. But the hope is that eventually they're, they're sitting down and having conversations, they're talking everything about you know, Seahawks football, the, the weather outside. So, um, and the hope is that by having that type of engagement, breaking down those barriers and those walls and those stigmas that then when it's outside the cafe, when we're talking about, you know, funding for for our homeless services or funding for recovery programs or treatment programs, that those volunteers can say, wait a second, this isn't just some nameless issue for me, but that's my friend Joe who might need these services or, you know, even though, my family's doing well now, you know, maybe we have a traumatic experience and we might need these services later. So the hope is that we're personalizing it so that as a community we're making investments in the into the safety net that we all need or may need at one point.
2: Sure.
0: Yeah. So having been around for over fifteen years now. Mm-hmm you have to have some sort of measurable data that mm-hmm. shows the impacts that you've made on the community? Mm-hmm. You got any of that? Any, any information as far as like what some success stories? Like Yeah, what?
3: Mm-hmm. yeah I, I'm I'll start with the numbers and then I'll move into the stories. Um, we, when we first started you know we just wanted to serve the community and then when we started talking with people they're like well where, how do you know what's working and so uh, we know that we are reducing relapse um, if someone does relapse we know that we're reducing uh, the amount of time before they they regain their their res- their recovery um, we know we're increasing their level and their sense of hope their sense of connectedness and their mental health stability um, and we we do that through some some data collection methods um, you know that hope piece for me is always the most powerful that people have hope because without hope you know what else I don't know if you can get to a B you can't get from A to C to D or F or G or Z uh, without hope so um, that's the one that I'm always most strikes me is that we increase the the level of hope but you know we've had members here we have a, a member who every day that that she's here, she, during the announcements that we do, when people before we do the volunteer board, we have a this. She stands up and she she talks about how many days of recovery she has. So at this point, it's it's well over a year. Uh, but then she'll say, and I met the love of my life. And what she's talking about is she's talking about herself. That she's that being in recovery cafe, she's learned to love herself, and. Uh, and that always just strikes me every time that she says it, because it's—I mean, how many of us hate ourselves? Mm-hmm. And so to to say I have value, that I'm important, that I—I I deserve to be happy or I deserve to have hope—you know—that's a big deal.
0: And I discovered that yeah. in yeah. that room over yeah. there with yeah. this with my community of people, exactly, going through the same sort yeah. of stuff, yeah. right? And then becoming a leader and. Yeah kind of giving that away to the next person that walks through the door. Yeah. Dang, man, I'd love to hang out here yeah, for a yeah. I wish I here another day. <laughs> yeah, I totally would, <laughs> man. I'd love to hang out here. How many yeah. staff members do you guys have yeah. in comparison to, like, the...
3: Yeah, we... Uh, so so if you take me out of the equation, since I mostly work with the other recovery cafes, getting off the ground, um, we have about, I'd say, 15 staff people. That, and that includes our... We have a couple fundraisers, uh, people who do fundraising, we have a, a finance director. So in terms of people running our program, we're probably about eight to 12 people who are helping keeping the the program flowing. Okay. Um, but when a cafe first gets off the ground, we really encourage them to have uh, three people, paid or unpaid staff, um, who are just, you know, they have that accountability, the end of the day accountability piece, but they're also the ones that are opening the doors, locking the doors, um, making sure the meals are getting out and then also uh, doing all the administrative things that you know running a, a place like this takes mm-hmm. but three people with like some great members you can make a you can you can make some real change in, in your community
0: so with your job specifically you're working mm-hmm. with these other cities communities that are interested in doing this what's that what's that process like are they like are they reaching out to you and saying hey we want to do something like this and you kinda like facilitate right. them through the process And then for somebody that is wanting to start something like this, Mm -hmm. I my listeners back home in Asheville and local (laughs) Jackson County, somebody that's interested in like starting something like this, like the funding side of it, like where, Mm -hmm. you know, where does all that initially begin? And is it like an umbrella under the uh, recovery Recovery cafe Cafe. network or is it, would you be starting your own type of organization? Like just run me through the whole process.
3: Yeah. So it's definitely ground up rather than top Mm -hmm. down when it comes to, um, working with groups mm-hmm. so we're not going to a, into a city and saying you need a recovery cafe yeah it's more if individuals in that community are, are looking around and they're saying man we have to respond our heart is breaking to what we're seeing and so they're googling us or you know listen to your podcast or, or whatnot and saying mm-hmm. I want to learn more and so usually they find their way to our, our website uh, network.org. And um, submit an inquiry to us and say, "Hey, I want to learn more," and then that begins the conversation um, where we s- say, well, you know who's who's part of your group? who's your core team um, are you do you have nonprofit status? Are you going to be a program of a of a larger nonprofit or are you going to be a part of a faith community? So we help them walk them through that because they are are a separate legal entity from mm-hmm. us um, and that allows them to be able to do a lot of things locally that maybe they wouldn't if they were um, if having a, under our umbrella here in Seattle mm-hmm. um, and then we just walk them through you know what are who are the who are the people involved what are the skills that they have We tell them you know really talk them through what the skills they need to have to be successful and then when it comes to funding, you know, I can't be an expert on funding in every state or in every community. So what I do is I, I try and give them the tools to explore what are the resources in their community. So that could be either individuals or faith communities, um, government funding or corporate support. So really helping them understand what's available and what's realistic for the, the their core group um, to, to open their doors.
0: You know where this would go over really well, right? Where? Astral. Yeah. For real. Like is very similar to mm, on a much smaller scale. Yeah.
2: And it's growing the recovery community. Never yeah. Yeah. He
0: very well there. might be working with a couple of those groups <laughs> yeah, out there, yeah, you know. Yeah, might
2: be. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, you know, Killian, our founder, she's from North Carolina, so she? she has a soft spot in her heart. Yeah. yeah. Where where right. from? She's from um. I want to say around Asheville somewhere in the mountains that's what I remember yeah. that's
0: us that's our hood man Wow
2: she seems like she's wow. very, a very busy woman Yeah, <laughs> yes, she <laughs> is a very busy woman yeah bummer we didn't get to talk to her but I'm glad that uh, we were able to have yeah. you yeah. on.
0: So. operating hours again
3: yeah so uh, this location we're open from about 12 noon to 6 6 30 okay. Tuesday through Saturday and then each recovery cafe is gonna be open to meet the the needs of their community. So some are open in the evenings, uh, some are open in the mornings, uh, some are open uh, from about mid-morning to mid-afternoon. And it's really uh, based on the needs of their community and also the space that's available to them, uh, any restrictions they might have. Mm -hmm. So some are open uh, two days a week and some are open five days a week. Uh, And we give each Recovery Cafe the flexibility to say, do what you need to do either if you're opening your doors and you don't have the the funding to be open every day yet you know start with what you can do and you can grow over time um, and then some some groups are able to be open more days and more hours uh, from the get-go depending on the, the resources that have been interested to them.
0: you said that you've been in this current role for three years now three years yeah. how many recovery cafes have you seen seen come to life
3: um, all, all twenty.
0: Boom! How about so, it? Years, yeah.
3: <laughs> so, I mean, in terms of who actually opened their doors, we're probably talking. Um, i probably have to go back and, and do the actual physical count, but we're we're talking probably about twelve to fifteen have have opened their doors.
1: <laughs> uh, You're going to share some of the success stories. Yeah. Before you do, David, I was wanting to ask about the people that volunteer here. Mm-hmm have you seen their lives be transformed them share some of their stories where they've been changed or their perspective has been radically you know they've just like had a light pop on and Mm -hmm. you know like wow we really do need this here Mm -hmm. um i know you see you probably see stuff you know uh with the clients and the people that come here every every day Mm -hmm. but people from the community can Mm -hmm. you think of anything that stands out to you that maybe somebody coming up sharing something with you
3: yeah we had a we have a, a gentleman who's a a great volunteer comes about once a, once a week and he works in the financial sector and so his his world is you know staring at a computer screen uh, crunching numbers and so he by coming to the cafe this this was a really out-of-the-box experience for him and he went from uh, being very impact oriented numbers oriented say what is the you know the the cost-benefit analysis and then coming and and sitting down and having conversations and while he still does care about the the cost-benefit analysis you know it's his training um, he more often than not will start with you know I was talking with John or I was talking with Jane and this is what they said and this was why it was profound or It broke my heart in this way and do you know of a resource that I can connect them to or that you all can make sure that they know about because I have to head out the door but um, so seeing his transformation of being someone who wasn't putting a, a human face or a human story to the numbers that he cared about and then starting to say wait a second you know I was I was sharing a cup of coffee with this individual, and we were talking about things that I care about, and I didn't think, you know, those people cared about the same things, like, you know, <laughs> complaining about traffic or um, <laughs> talking about going on a hike on the weekend. So, um, you know, when we when we want to stigmatize a person, we often assume that they don't do the same things that we do, mm-hmm. um, and so to say, wait a second, we both love. You know the mariners or we both you know love taking the ferry or whatever it may be you know those are humanizing experiences Mm -hmm. and it says wait a second there's more there's more than maybe what exists in my bubble it's
0: like the these labels tend to these labels tend to allow us to see the differences and not the similarities but when you actually sit down You put the phone down, right, mm-hmm. and you're face-to-face having a cup of coffee and, like, authentically getting to know somebody, it yeah. blossoms. Yeah. All those things seem yeah. to come out, and next thing you know, you're going on a bike ride with that dude. Yeah. Going, You're going to a oh, Mariners okay. game or whatever yeah. the yeah. case may be. Okay. Then what does that do for your just overall, like, state of mind, mental health, all that stuff? Like, that's yeah. that's where that's where the money's at, right? That's, yeah. where the, that's where the growth's at. That's where the healing's at. That's where that hope that you talk about's at. It's just yeah. that connection. Somebody seeing you, somebody talking to you, right? My boy, Jeremy, <coughs> my boy, Jeremy Stalls, I was telling you this the other night, I had this guy on the podcast, and we were just talking about um, a, a friend from Asheville, and we are just talking about like human connection as like a major part of his pathway to recovery. And he shared something with me after we broadcasted that I wanted to kind of talk about. He was like, listen, man, he's like, I want to ask you to do something. He's like, at least once a week, He's like, I want you to pull your phone out, and I want you to scroll through your contacts, and I just want you to stop on somebody's name that you haven't talked to in a long time, somebody that is, very, is meaningful mm-hmm. to your life, but you haven't talked to them mm-hmm. in a considerable amount of time, and I want you to press in, and I want you to call them and just check in and say, hey, bro, I was thinking about you. I want to see how you're doing and just have that, that type of connection. I was like, all right, dude, I'll, I'll do it. So I started doing it. Like the first time I, I called one of my homies that I haven't talked to in like two or three months – you know, when I hung up that phone after like a 45 minute conversation, dude, I just I was like I was vibing, bro. I was I was just like <laughs> buzzing from like doing that. I wanted to do it again the next day, and then I wanted to do it again the next day, and, I w- and the the next couple of times didn't go as smooth as the first one. <laughs> let me just <laughs> tell you, but it really like it 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 brought my my state of mind to like a totally to another level than where I've been at. You know, recently, really I really found some significant value in doing mm. that. Human connection, man. Just like just talking. That's why we do this podcast. Yeah, I just love to talk to people. I want to know who you are. I want right. to know how you see the world. I want to know why you see the world the way that you do. You know,
1: I love how you uh, kind of subtly challenge people to go a step further when they come and volunteer because you know, a lot of people, like especially where I work, they come in like, okay, I've checked off my. My service work for them. Mm-hmm. but the fact that you ask them to do, take it a step further, sit down and have coffee and conversation right. with these people and connect, takes it to a whole new, whole other level. You know what I mean? And that's where lives are changed. Right. Yeah. That's, that's where awesome. growth
2: is at. Because a lot of times people, you know, that that stigma, that stigma, just it it creates this barrier where they're like, "Well, I don't know what to talk about with them. I don't know how to approach mm-hmm. them." But you really do, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just another human being. If you can just get that stigma of like, well, I don't know how to approach them because they do drugs, like, that's not, mm-hmm. you know, just look at them as a human being and just go, you know, we, in our classes that we have, we really, uh, when when we uh, do like any kind of community work or service work, we're big on telling our RES Hope people, we're like, hey, you know, I, we don't want you guys to be the ones that are fixing the food and handing it out. We want you guys to be approaching people you know you've been in their shoes, you know what they you know you can relate on some sort of level and we want you to be able to approach them you know and show your growth and your recovery that way it can inspire them but then just the people in the community to have that same understanding. It's a whole nother ball game, so I think it's pretty pretty amazing what you guys are doing.
0: What are the challenges?
2: Ooh, good question yeah mm-hmm.
3: um, you know challenges are you know we've, we've touched a little bit of, as always those stigmas um, people who you know associate us with uh, with crime or with other things that they consider not uh, adding to their quality of life uh, and then you know a lot of our cafes, you know, funding is always a challenge. Is where is it coming from? Especially if they're new and people don't know who they are. Um, and then, the... do you one, find
0: that that to be the biggest challenge with getting getting the doors the, open? Yeah,
3: we what we try and do is have them lean on our on our brand and say, mm-hmm. hey, we're not just making this up as we go along, but we're associated with this model. Has been doing it doing this thing for fifteen years. You got, got the data
0: ago. to back it up. Yeah
3: so we try and do that <coughs> um, you know and we also you know individuals who are in recovery but they're like really committed to their their one pathway um, they can sometimes be like wait a second you guys you're you're not just AA or you're just not and you know we we love them and we're glad that, that that's the pathway that works for them but we're saying you know you know even even Bill W said you know AA's. How many people has AA not worked for, and how can we provide that pathway so that they, that person who needs needs that that recovery, can find it? So, we uh, we love AA. We uh, we rent space out to them when we're not open, um, and other other mutual aid groups. And um, but we won't, We're we're trying to help people say, you know, just because AA or NA or whatever maybe works for you doesn't mean that that may necessarily work for everyone. And let's have recovery be let's have multiple options on the table
2: What about uh medically assisted yeah that's um, a
3: we uh you know if that helps a, uh, helps a person to thrive then we then we're supportive of them doing that um, to be able to be stable and to to thrive uh, and if someone comes in and says you know uh, you know Joe Schmo you know he's not in recovery because he's He's on methadone, or he's taking suboxone. You know, know, we're just like, you know, that's allowing that person to be their best self, and we want to support them. And if someone, you know, is on on methadone or suboxone, then the thing that we ask is, you know, if their if their dosage changes, or um, and they're not able to be fully present because they're nodding or whatnot, um, we just say maybe it's not maybe when when you can be more present and be able because we're a community we want people to be able to engage and so we want to support them um, and help them be their best selves and so if, if Medicaid assisted recovery is their pathway then then two thumbs up Sweet. are y'all
1: connected to harm reduction community services around here do you provide any of that kind of stuff yeah
3: that's a, a great question we uh, were supportive of, of harm reduction services um, our, our recovery cafe in, in Dayton, Ohio, is, uh, shares a space with a needle exchange program. Nice. Um, so that's really cool. And we, we, uh, we're supportive of harm reduction, and we see ourselves on, uh, on the spectrum as allies with, with harm reduction. Um, and we connect people with, if that's, if that's what's going to help them move towards a better place we connect them with those services um but on at this location seattle depending on how you define harm reduction we're not a harm reduction service right
0: um how about like accountability piece like you mentioned the three requirements to Mm -hmm. membership Mm -hmm. if a member is unable to live up to their responsibility like say they don't make a class that mm-hmm. week or say mm-hmm. that they don't sign up for a service mm-hmm. role. Like, what is the process to uh, maintain their membership yeah. without, you know?
3: Yeah, that's a great question. So we, because we think recovery circles are the foundation of everything mm-hmm. we do, is if you don't attain your recovery circle, we ask that you call in and let us know you're not able to make it. And if you don't call, don't show you lose your membership privileges for the week until you tend your next recovery circle. So that means you're not able to come in and enjoy all these all these classes, these positive activities, two meals a day. Now, that being said, you know, if someone comes in and says, oh, I'm so sorry I missed my recovery circle, uh, it's not black or white, it's, mm-hmm. it's it depends. So if someone's like, you know, my, I was in the hospital or, you know, on my phone, phone died and you know my bus was late you know it's always a case-by-case but it's always a conversation Mm. so accountability isn't in a void it's not a a rule book black and white but it's it's a it's a conversation where we try and do the most loving thing for that individual Um, and sometimes it's saying yeah you need to need to come back to your next you're gonna have to lose your membership privileges for the week and you gain them back when you come to your circle Um, but if if you uh, but if you had a hard situation or whatever, you know we 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 say you know what we want you to be a part of this community. Um, this this community is here for you. So it's a it's a case by case um, as they arise. And then if you miss your recovery circle three times in a row, call um, excused or unexcused. We we ask that you go back through new member introductions, back through orientation. Um, but again, it's always a conversation. Maybe they missed their recovery circle because they got a new job, or maybe they were visiting a family member out of state. So it's always an it depends. Yeah. But um, if someone is uh, is a member and they're not showing up, that's a spot that maybe someone else needs. So
1: out of all the other, would you call them chapters? How, how do you define um, the other We recovery? call them.
3: Um, we call the people that come through our door members, and we call all of our Recovery Cafes members. It's, it's kind of confusing, but they're, okay. members, they're members of the Recovery Café network.
1: So the other members
3: of the network,
1: mm-hmm. which ones are really flourishing? What city, yeah. and, and I mean, are they going to bigger spaces? Can you explain that to us? Like,
3: yeah, so the, the, there's a couple of Recovery Cafes that have been with us a little bit longer. The other ones that um, came to us. Before we launched the network formally and said wait a second if we're going to continue supporting these groups We need to be a little bit more structured uh, so the recovery cafes that um, There's one in, Reco- in San Jose, California that's been open. They're the first ones that said we want to bring this to our community And they're they're rocking it. They just remodeled the space that they're in to be able to serve more people They've expanded their hours and I think they're serving um right around 150 to 200 unique individuals a month and then uh recovery cafe up in everest just about an hour north of Mm -hmm. seattle they um started off in a a one bedroom house off of uh the main drag and they're now moving into uh, a new space that'll allow them to uh i mean that that their original space you know 15 people i mean it's, a, it's like a typical house and you know with the kitchen that was designed to serve a family and uh after 15 people you know started getting a little cramped and so their new space they'll be able to serve uh, they'll be able to operate they'll expand their their hours of operation expand the meals that they serve and probably welcome you know double or triple the number of members that they do at their um, their original home We might have to
1: hook up with the one down in St. Jose or something. We're we're heading that way, man. We're heading that way. Attend one of their meetings or one of their groups. Yeah, that would be cool. Grab some lunch. Do
0: a class. (laughs) Grab a coffee.
1: That's
0: right. Listen, David, I appreciate your time, brother. I think what you guys have going on over here is truly phenomenal. Um, Down the road, we need to talk about having a... (laughs) <laughs> starting uh starting yeah, one up yeah, or absolutely. in western north carolina we got a right. yogurt
1: shop but is it isn't making any money <laughs> you, you, know? you hear that Ruth?
0: <laughs>
2: we, we, we actually have been talking about something like uh-huh. that but totally not what we expected when you come you know what i mean mm-hmm. like when you come in <gasps> and you start hearing about the class well,
0: so the model itself like the the place to come mm-hmm. to take the classes to mm-hmm. cultivate that human connection that's mm-hmm. so vital to the healing process mm-hmm. and empowering hope in individuals like that's very the, the the model itself outside of like the food services and stuff like that is almost identical to like what we had envisioned for this recording studio yeah right In that like i want to be able to like build this recording studio uh, to house our equipment and then like open our doors in a very similar fashion that you guys do here and then empowering people to like, um, empowering people to like kind of create their own content or empowering people to like use their, tap into their creativity side, whether it's through podcasting or videos or art or whatever that might be, to tap into that to like kind of create their own type of like digital content through our studio in recovery, just to like empower them and get them kind of going and give them something to do kind of thing. So I'm really digging what what's going on here. Yeah. I think it's I think it's pretty, awesome.
1: mm-hmm.
0: pretty phenomenal. Well, I appreciate your time. We're gonna let you run so you can get <laughs> home and grab your daughter.
3: <laughs> My son, yeah.
0: Your son. My bad.
3: Hey, you got any questions for us, David, Yeah. Um. So I know that you guys are doing this the specific coast. <laughs> <laughs> jersey, tour. This yeah. Recovery tour. Yeah. What uh? What are some of the other other uh, adventures or other stops along the way we've got a uh, we've got a podcast
1: playing with the the Oregon Harmony Institute is that what it is the uh, recovery high school in Portland Portland. oh very cool yeah we got one playing with them and uh, there's a woman in San Francisco who's in recovery who uses um, support groups and endurance sports for her recovery. Oh, so we got cool. a podcast with nice. her as well.
2: She actually does a podcast too. Yeah, well, she yeah. actually does a
1: podcast. We talked so.
0: about doing like a record one show oh, for nice. both kind nice. of thing. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, so that's the two things right now. Um, you got any suggestions? To <laughs> <in>?
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's some some pretty awesome stuff going down in California. I had the opportunity to, to go check some of it out in January and um, I mean, I'm a little biased towards Recovery Cafe San Jose we're gonna have to, um, we just gotta yeah, do it. Will. Yeah, we just gotta do it. There's, yeah, there's a... Uh, there, there's, well, I guess there's, uh, it's been in Las Vegas, but there's a, a cool group. Um, I'm gonna mess up their name, so I apologize, but it's like, <laughs> there's no I in Hero or something, and it's, it's uh, focused on recovery from heroin use. So mm-hmm. they're they're okay. I apologize for any of them, at part of that group that, uh, Totally, just put your name. It at? Was it it's like in it? Las Vegas.
2: Hmm.
0: No Iron Hero, no Iron Hero, something along those some, lines. Some
2: <laughs> okay. yeah, we'll find it. They're yeah. doing
3: awesome work. Um, and then uh, there's just a lot of uh, recovery community organizations in, in different parts of, of California that are, are rocking it.
1: Okay.
2: Well, if you can shoot us any, uh, yeah, make any connections, yeah. like that's what this whole podcast is about: of being able being a connector we're different you know what east coast west coast north south we don't care we're no. trying to connect people and uh, hopefully you know you never know what could come of this so mm-hmm.
0: how can people get in touch with you if they're interested in starting up a recovery cafe in their own community
3: yeah the the first place to go is our, our website Um you can also follow us on facebook and if you want to just see some good examples of uh, different recovery cafes. If you go to Seattle's website, recoverycafe.org, you can check them out, um, and then also Recovery Cafe San Jose. Um, uh, I think theirs is just recoverycafesanJose.org, and uh, check them out as well. They're they're pretty great. But um, if you go to uh, recoverycafenetwork.org, we we have a map, and they're all listed. And if they have a website, we you can click on there and click on their pin on the map and go to their website. Uh, we got
1: to put get a plug in here for Tom. You know, you're uh, you're walking and running, fitness yeah. groups and stuff. Yeah. We, uh, he wrote that book that we were oh, talking nice. about, great yeah, recovery yeah, yeah, yeah. tool about fitness yeah. and nutrition oh, nice. and incorporating it into your recovery. Oh, oh, we will nice. definitely get you the information Perfect. for that when we leave. That's great.
2: I might also add that they are pretty quick about getting back in touch with you. So, <laughs> <That's> pretty <laughs> These guys, cool. yeah, yeah. 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 The, I mean, it wasn't long. They responded oh, yeah. to our email. So. Mm-hmm. You guys are serious about wanting to start so, uh, something like this give them a give them a, sh- a call
0: david it was a pleasure meeting you man yeah, i really appreciate your time
2: thank you for the work that you're doing bro. Yeah. Oh, i appreciate you. it
1: y'all take care have a good night later right. see y'all
0: Thank you for listening to the podcast and a very special thank you to Spiritual Adrenaline and our man, Mr. Tom Shanahan, for sponsoring not just this show, but the entire Pacific Coast adventure that we're on, documenting Caleb and Caitlin's bike and cycle across the Pacific Coast. Be sure to grab a copy of Tom's book, Spiritual Adrenaline, A Lifestyle Plan to Nourish and Strengthen Your Recovery from Amazon.com or anywhere you purchase books. We also want to thank the Recovery Cafe for just being so gracious and opening up their doors and allowing us to come in and document both audibly and visually what they do on a regular basis. We had a blast doing it. Thank you guys for checking out the podcast. Take care.